Hi everyone, welcome to another one of the Branch Online Sermons. Recently I've been watching a documentary series about a topic that's very dear to my heart. It's the Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, and this documentary, it's just a really fascinating behind the scenes look at the inner workings of a football club. One of the most fascinating things in particular is seeing the man management skills of Tottenham's head coach, a guy called Jose Mourinho. He just has this way of knowing how to get the players on board. Sometimes that means giving them a kick up the backside, but other times it means coming alongside them and, and encouraging them, putting an arm around them and saying, you're doing pretty well. At different times, different players need to hear different things. And it's an actually, actually an interesting question to ask yourself, what do I need to hear to motivate me, to get me going? I suspect for most of us, it's a, a mixture of things. Sometimes we do need a good rocket, a kick up the backside. But other times what we really need to hear is an encouraging word. That's true for all of our life, every area of our life. And it's particularly true of our spiritual lives. Sometimes we do need a good rocket, someone to kick us up the backside and shake us out of our apathy or our lukewarmness or whatever it might be. But sometimes we need encouragement as well. There is reason to thank God for the good things that he's doing in our lives and in other people's lives and to be encouraged by that. Well, today we're starting a new series looking at the book of 1 Thessalonians. And on the whole, 1 Thessalonians is a pretty encouraging book, particularly uh, this first chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is a chapter that reminds us to thank God for the good things that he's doing in our lives and in other people's lives and to be encouraged by that, encourage each other with that. If you haven't read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, you might like to pause the video and do that now. So the letter opens with Paul telling the Thessalonians in verse 2 that he and Silas and Timothy always thank God for them and continually mention them in their prayers. The background to this letter is that Paul and his co-workers had started a church in a city called Thessalonica. They'd spent only a few weeks there preaching the gospel in the synagogue, the Jewish place of worship in that city. They went there three Sundays in a row, proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah who died and rose again. And quite a few people believed. A church started. But there was also people who really strongly opposed them. So these people rounded up a mob and they drove Paul and Silas and his co-workers out of town. And so what happened was that Paul lost contact with the Thessalonians and that got him worried. They're only a new church. They're probably facing all sorts of pressure and persecution even from the same people who had driven Paul out of town. And Paul was worried. He loved them. He was seriously concerned that they were going to lose their faith or give up hope. 
So he sent Timothy to check up on them and, and see how they were going. And when Timothy got back to Paul, he actually came back with pretty good news. He said, the believers in Thessalonica are doing pretty well. Their faith is strong. They love God. They love one another and they're sticking it out. And so Paul is, is moved to write with them and he, he starts off with a bang. He says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And in verse 3, Paul tells them what he's praying about. He says that he remembers the Thessalonians' work produced by faith, their labor prompted by love and their endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. The content of Paul's prayers is profoundly spiritual and it rings with thanksgiving he's deeply thankful for the fruit of the gospel that he can see in the lives of the thessalonians he's always thanking god for them and praying about them all the time you get the impression that paul is quite stoked like a parent who's really delighted when their kid masters some new skill or a, a teacher that is chuffed when their students make progress. But the important thing to note here is that Paul is directing his thanks to God. It's God's work in the Thessalonians' lives and God is the one who deserves the thanks, the one who gets Paul's thanks. And what a great example that is for us to follow. When we see evidence of the gospel at work in people's lives, that ought to make us profoundly thankful. I reckon that lots of us spend a fair bit of time praying for other Christians that we know. People I speak to use things like prayer calendars or the Prayer Mate app that you can get on your phone. Uh, we do. We spend time praying for other believers and that's fantastic. But it's worth asking the question, when we do pray for other believers, what are we praying for? How much time do we spend thinking about how they're going, recognising the good things that God is doing in their life and thanking God for that, saying, God, thank you so much that you are at work in these people's lives. When we do that, it's, it's achieving lots of things. It's firstly giving God the praise and the thanks that he deserves. It's helping us to, to cultivate more grateful hearts. No matter what's going on in our lives, we can see God at work in other people's lives and, and that makes us grateful and thankful. And importantly, I think, if we make a habit of thanking God for his work in other people's lives, thanking God in prayer, then that's bound to kind of spill out of our prayer life and into encouraging other people with the good stuff that we're seeing that God is doing in their life. That's what Paul did. He didn't just confine his thanks to his own prayer life. He told the Thessalonians how thankful he was. He, he pointed out the good things that God was doing in their lives. He wanted to encourage them. And again, what a great example for us to follow. When you see the fruit of the gospel in someone's life, point it out. Say to them, 
hey, it really seems like you've, you've grown in your faith lately. I'm, I'm so thankful to God for that. Or say, it's clear that God has worked in such and such an area of your life. I prayed for you yesterday and I thanked him for that. Be encouraged. We need to hear that sort of thing, right? Because so often it can be hard for us to see the good things that God is doing in our life. We focus on our faults and failings and our sins and how far we still have to go. Any progress that we do make seems slow sometimes. And to a certain extent that's true. But there is also much to give thanks to God for and it can really put the wind in our sails when someone comes alongside us and says, hey, you're doing okay. I can see that God's at work in your life and I'm thankful for that. Someone did that for me recently and I, like, I went from being pretty discouraged at the time to being on cloud nine, really encouraged and actually profoundly grateful to God. Imagine if we as individuals and as a church developed this culture, God would be really glorified in that because we'd be noticing the good things he's doing, giving him the thanks that he deserves for that and encouraging each other with the things that we see. And as we did that, we couldn't help but have our hearts lifted in thanks and praise to God. God would be getting glory. So I've seen firstly that it's right for us to be thankful to God for his work in other people's lives and to encourage them in that. And secondly, that is especially true because God's work in the gospel is tremendously powerful. That's the second thing that we see in our text. Paul is so thankful for the Thessalonians because he sees that the gospel has powerfully changed their lives. He says to them in verses 4 to 6, We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. How do they know that? Well, Paul goes on to say, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. When Paul was with the Thessalonians, he shared the gospel with them. What's the gospel message? He simply told them, Jesus is the Messiah, the saviour of the world who came into our world to save people from their sins. Turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus. And if you think about it, all that Paul had done was just spoken words. Just a simple message. But those words weren't just words. They came with power and conviction. The power of the Holy Spirit. The, the Thessalonians were convicted. They believed. They welcomed the message with joy, 
even in the midst of suffering. The gospel had come to them with power. And not only did they welcome the gospel, but the gospel powerfully changed their lives. We read in verse 9 and 10 that the the Thessalonians had turned from idols to serve the living and the true God and wait for his son from heaven. They totally changed the way that they lived. And that worked itself out practically. In verse 3, we've seen that Paul remembered their work produced by faith, their labour prompted by love, and their endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was thankful for, for their good works, works that were produced by their faith. Their faith wasn't dead or empty, but it actually led to them doing stuff, changing the way that they lived. Paul was also thankful for their labour prompted by love. The Thessalonians had come to love God and and love each other and that again led to them serving God and serving one another, labouring for one another. And Paul was thankful for their endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, they they were facing all sorts of pressure, but they were sticking it out. Because their hope was in Jesus, in his death and in his resurrection and in the fact that he was going to come again. Their lives had changed. The gospel is powerful to change lives and that is so worth thanking God for. One of the great joys for me over the past 12 months of doing this ministry apprenticeship has been the opportunity to to walk alongside them and see how the gospel has powerfully shaped their lives. I've seen firsthand how people's faith has led them to doing good works. One couple I can think of are involved in just about everything. They're constantly showing hospitality, having people from inside and outside the church over to their home. They run programs. Pretty pretty regularly, they come into the church at some unearthly hour and clean the place. The gospel is shaping the way that they live in really profound ways. I've seen love between people. Recently, I went around and caught up with the growth group leaders. And when I did that, I asked them all uh, the same sort of question. What's one of the most encouraging things about your group? And, you know, pretty much all of them said to me that one of the most encouraging things for them was the love and the care between the people in their groups. People caring for each other, being involved in each other's lives, going out of their way to catch up with each other, support each other. And these are people who ordinarily might not have that much to do with each other. How wonderful is that, the love and the care that exists between people? And that is the, a result of the gospel. The gospel helps us to love God and, and helps us to love each other as well. The gospel is powerful. And that's worth thanking God for. I've also seen people sticking it out when it's hard. Someone said to me recently that they wondered if it was all worth it. And what they were saying is that that being a Christian was hard. 
and that in many ways life would have been easier for them if they weren't a Christian. Some of the the choices they've had to make, the things they've said no to, that's difficult. But they're sticking it out. And not in some kind of grim, white-knuckle-it-to-the-end kind of way. They're sticking it out with real joy and real hope in the Lord Jesus. It's a joy that actually uh, shines out from their life. It infects the people around them. The gospel has powerfully shaped the way that they've lived their life. The gospel is powerful to save and powerful to change lives. It works. It actually works. And that is a reason to say, thank you, God. Thank God for his work in other people's lives. Thank God that the gospel is powerful to change lives. And finally, thank God that the gospel rings out from people's changed lives. That's the last thing we see in our text, that the gospel rings out from the lives that it changes. Look at verse 7 to 10. Paul writes to the Thessalonians that they became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report the reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. At the time Paul was writing this letter, Thessalonica was the capital city of the provinces of Macedonia and Achaia. They were Roman provinces which roughly make up modern-day Greece. And modern-day Greece is about double the size of Tassie. So that's a rough kind of geographical area. And Paul tells the Thessalonian church that in the way they'd accepted the gospel, even in the midst of suffering... They'd become role models to all the other believers in that area. Their changed lives, the way they'd turned from idols and started serving God, that got noticed. And because of that, the Lord's message, the gospel, rang out from them. They were like a church on a mountaintop broadcasting the good news of Jesus like radio waves being broadcast from the top of Mount Barrow. It's a wonderful truth that as the gospel takes hold of your life, that shows a life of faith that leads to action, love for God and love for other people, a hope in Jesus, is a life that puts the gospel on display. It models the power of the gospel to change people. It models the power of the gospel to the people around you. And and that is a reason, again, to say thank you, God. There's lots of us who can probably point to our parents as being gospel role models, people whose lives rang out with the gospel. One of the things I'll always be grateful for is is my dad's example of faith. He was faithful in prayer, regularly in his bedroom, on his knees for like half an hour, 45 minutes at a time. 
He was a faithful servant in his local church and still is in his church up in Brisbane. He was faithful in leading family worship. I, I hated it as a kid. But looking back, I can see that there's a sense in which God used my dad's faithfulness to convince me that Christianity was real. I went off the rails a little bit later in life, but I could never escape the reality of the gospel because it had so powerfully shaped my dad's life. It worked. It worked in his life. It had been ringing out from his life from as, for as long as I can remember. And not all of us, but lots of us probably have pretty similar memories of our parents. And what a profound reason that is, again, to give thanks to God, not just for our parents, but for the fact that the gospel rang out of their lives. It started at home. And the gospel rings out from our lives in the context of the church too. People pick up on the things that you do, the way that you live, how much the gospel really seems to have taken hold of your life. Because gospel convictions do, they they change how you live, how you spend your time, what you do. I was speaking to a, a younger couple about our age recently who were talking about another older couple at church and they said that they wanted to model their life on the way that this older couple had lived. It was just a wonderful acknowledgement of the work that God had done in and through this older couple that other people at church saw them, saw how the gospel had shaped their life and said, yeah, I want, I want to be like that. The gospel had been ringing out of these older couples' lives and it was a source of encouragement for other people. And within our church, I'm sure there's lots of us who can look at people who are a bit older or a bit younger even and sort of think, yeah, they're, they're role models for me. The gospel is kind of oozing out of them in a way. Again, what a profound reason to give thanks to God. And how great would it be if that same sort of thing could be said of each and every one of us? That the gospel has so powerfully shaped our lives that it rings out from us in our families, in our church and everywhere that God has placed us. If our neighbours and the people that we work with could say, that Jesus thing really seems to be working out for those people. They're different. They, they seem to be living for different things than me. They're not just living for this life, for, for money or experiences or pleasure or whatever. They're living for God. God. God is real for them. Maybe there's something to that. As the gospel takes hold of your life, it rings out from your life. And that is reason to give thanks to God. Because ultimately, it's his gospel. It's his work. And it's him who's worthy of all praise and thanks and honour and glory for the work that he so powerfully does through the gospel. Thank God for his work in other people's lives and encourage them too. 
Thank God that the gospel is powerful to change lives. And thank God that the gospel rings out from the lives that it so powerfully changed. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gospel, for the good news of your son Jesus who came into our world to save us from our sin by dying on a cross and rising again three days later. Lord, it's such a simple message, but we thank you that it's a message that comes with power, that it's come to so many of us with power and conviction and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fruit of the gospel that we can see in other people's lives. Thank you for the way that we can see that the gospel's taken hold of other people's lives, changed the way they live, caused them to turn away from all manner of sin and idolatry, and freed them up to live lives that are worthy of you, lives that are inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, lives full of good works, full of love for you and love for other people. Lord, we thank you for the power of the gospel to do that in our lives. Lord, if there's anyone who is watching this and who is struggling with discouragement, unable to see the work that you're doing in their life, we pray that you would encourage them. Use uh, each and every one of us, each other, to be an encouragement to other people when we can see your hand at work in their life. And Lord, we thank you that the gospel rings out and we pray that it would continue to ring out from our lives as we live for you, hang on to Jesus and look again for his coming. Lord, would the gospel ring out from our lives and come with power to many more people here in King's Meadows, in the places where you've put us and beyond. Father, we love you and we thank you again for the gospel. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.